Happy Feast Day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Today I'm going to share with you an organization that's doing beautiful works. They're based out in Dickinson, Texas, and they are dedicated to the Blessed Mother. Just this month I received one of their newsletters on the Rosary and its title is The Rosary Will Make You a Saint by Father Edouard Hugon from the Order of Preachers. So he is a Dominican priest and I am studying within the Dominican Third Order myself. I'm in my second of three, I'm sorry, second of five years. I have three more years to go and we study, we reflect, we pray, and we're involved with our community life. So this is the important uh, writings that I want to share with you tonight. The institution of the rosary is more than a work of a genius. In it we find the supernatural wisdom that theologians admire in the institution of the seven sacraments. In the rosary, the vocal prayer and meditation on the mystery form a single indivisible whole. To separate the mystery from the vocal recitation of prayer is to destroy uh, its very essence. The sacraments are outward marks that distinguish a Christian from an infidel. The rosary in the distinctive devotion of every true Catholic, through it Mary's knights unite worldwide to join voices expressing their common hope and love. God hoists the standard of the rosary before all nations to assemble them from all the corners of the universe. The rosary has an unlimited scope and is vast enough to embrace both time and eternity. It begins in heaven and contains all that we believe. It is the theology that prays, adores, and proclaims in each dogma. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. We begin in the bosom of the adorable Trinity. Pope Leo XIII told us that the reason the rosary has fallen into disuse is threefold. The first cause is the growing dislike for a simple and laborious life, the remedy for which one finds in the joyful mysteries. The second cause is repugnance to any suffering, for which one finds the medicine in the sorrowful mysteries. The third cause is the forgetfulness of the ultimate life and destiny the object of our hope which is contained in the glorious mysteries. The rosary answers the social question with a cry of victory. Christ conquers, Christ reigns, Christ rules. The rosary marvelously can adapt itself to every condition, age, and people. It contains supernatural wisdom. In a word, the rosary is the work of Our Lady, the graciousness and sublimity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus reveals to us the rosary. In saying it, we contemplate his living and beating heart in the time, places, and circumstances in which he lived. We will do our best to remain in his presence with utmost respect and burning love to strive to avoid everything that might offend him. By introducing us into the sanctuary of Christ's soul, the rosary makes us in some way participants of his infused knowledge. All revelations and prophecies of the Old Testament are, as it were, contained and realized in the rosary.
while reciting a few decades, our field of vision covers the entire supernatural order. As we pray the Hail Mary and delve into the depths of Christ, our work becomes easier and more fruitful. Grace is a heavenly gift that makes us godlike, supernatural beings and the abode of God himself. St. Thomas said that restoring a soul to grace is, in a sense, an action greater than creating heaven and earth. Grace makes us partakers of the divine nature, consecrates our soul, makes it a temple of the living God. When in need, we do not have to go far to find a consoler. We just enter the sanctuary of the soul. The three divine persons are always there to alleviate our sorrows and wipe away our tears. Jesus is the great reservoir, the vast ocean of grace, from whence all men must draw if they wish to be saved. The rosary is the secret of holiness. The summit of sanctity and happiness is to meet God, be united to him, and to lose oneself in him. To advance to the contemplation of the divinity, we need no other form of prayer than the rosary. The deity animates, quickens, and operates in every mystery of the rosary. Let us not dwell on the surface, but delve into the very core of it. Its surface is the external events that form an essential part of the mystery, and its core is the interior of Jesus. His heart, soul, and divinity, once the rosary has led us into the sanctuary of the divinity, it will help us to explore the depths of God, the intimate life of God, the eternal family, the adorable trinity. The three divine persons are united in an eternal embrace and unceasingly echoing to one another. Love, love, and love. We find the blessed trinity in every mystery of the rosary. The rosary is the most sublime, surest, easiest form of contemplation. It can meet everyone's needs and is the beginning of the holiness of heaven. The Rosary and the Blessed Virgin, the model of predestination. Before he died, Jesus Christ left us a twofold testament, Mary and the Eucharist. A priestly heart fills with joy at the very mention of these names as they sum up his interior peace and happiness. Mary and the Eucharist were the parting gifts of Jesus to us. He instituted the Eucharist on the eve of his death and gave us his mother shortly before he breathed forth his last. When a dying person leaves some gift, no matter how small, all those he leaves behind cherish it enormously. Mary and the Eucharist are the testaments of a dying God. No testament is or will be more hallowed than these. Devotion to the Blessed Virgin is a fundamental and indestructible part of Christianity, and the Rosary is the true expression of this devotion. It is the most powerful prayer that we can address to Our Lady Mary was made to the likeness of Jesus, and Jesus to her likeness. Mary is the mold of Christ. Christ is the mold of God. When Christ forms the heart of a Christian spouse, he models it on the heart of Mary. He wants family life sanctified by the love that Mary had for Joseph. Mary's heart is the ideal model. The Rosary and the Blessed Virgin Mary, Source of Holiness. Grace is a participation in the divine nature. God alone can produce it and communicate his own life and nature to us. 
Jesus Christ is the sole reservoir of the fertile waters of salvation. Mary is the channel through which they come to us. When she is not the source, as she too received everything from her Son, everything must pass through her to reach us. God willed to make Our Lady dispenser of all graces. In order to come to us, the divine waves of the vast ocean, which is Christ, flow through the virginal river, which is Mary. Mary is the treasurer of the graces of Jesus Christ. She is full of grace for both herself and us. The vessels which support life in the church are the sacraments. They are the church's life and blood. Mary is the neck of the divine body, which is the church. All the life of Christ reaches the faithful only by passing through Mary. Grace descends from Christ to Mary, and from her it descends into our souls. It flows back into eternity in the same way it came. From the soul, grace rises to Mary. From Mary, it passes into Christ. And through Christ, it finally reaches eternity again. Thus, there is the church, a supernatural stream, perpetually rising and descending through Mary as an ebb and flow between heaven and earth. The heart of Mary transmits the merits and treasures of Jesus to us. Our merits and love reach Jesus through the heart of his mother. The Immaculate Heart of Mary is a sweet rendezvous where God and man meet, the mysterious river that joins the banks of time and eternity. The Rosary applies to us the treasures of Mary. To meditate on the mysteries of the Rosary is to keep our hearts and souls united to Mary and to quench our thirst at the same fountain. It is to join our voices in time and eternity. When we shall find Mary, we shall find life and shall have salvation from the Lord. Mary is the patroness of a good death. In the life of every Christian, there are three unique events that solemnly reverberate in eternity. The day of our baptism, our first communion day, however, the most solemn and decisive day of all is certainly the day of our death. These three days are placed under Mary's blessing. She smiles at our birth and holds us in her arms she blesses our First Communion and leads us to the banquet of her Son. And above all, she blesses us and smiles upon us on the day of our death. We can call that day the Day of Mary. Theologians believe that a man is judged in the exact spot where he dies. Paradise is the eternal kingdom where Mary reigns as queen. A child of Mary receives divine mercy protection and even her presence and smile at the hour of her death as so often has happened in the past. Pious children of our heavenly queen do not fear death. Dying in the state of grace is a favor that we cannot merit. It is a gift from God. Mary chooses a moment for our death when we are in the state of grace. Death does not surprise the children of Mary. They sense its eminence and prepare for it. If Mary is for us, who can be against us? Mary tenderly lulls her children to sleep like a loving mother, and her beloved die in the embrace of the Lord. In the Mysteries of the Rosary, Mary begins her office as patroness of a happy death. She assists St. Joseph, her glorious spouse, in the agony. In the fifth sorrowful mystery, she assists the king of the elect, 
the rosary reminds us of three ineffable deaths, the death of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Through the Hail Mary, how often we have invoked Mary to come to our aid at the hour of our death. The rosary is a school wherein we learn to die well. Whoever is faithful to it will be able to look death fearlessly in the face. The rosary is a fundamental devotion of Christianity and a sure means of sanctification. The Rosary and St. Joseph. These three names are inseparably united and repeated continuously until the end of time. God has written them in the Book of Life. The Rosary can be called the Life of St. Joseph as it helps us see the role the Holy Patriarch played in the Incarnation and Redemption and secondly, his position concerning the church. The Virgin Trinity created the world and redeemed it. At the beginning of our actions, we invoke the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Virgin Trinity that redeemed the world is Jesus. Mary and Joseph, Jesus is the Redeemer. Mary is the mother of the Redeemer, and Joseph is united to them both by ineffable bonds. All three are virgins from a single family which shared joys and sufferings, united to Jesus and Mary and Joseph, had real rights over them. A wife belongs to her husband, and between them is a total mutual donation. Mary belongs entirely to Joseph, to be worthy of possessing the Lord's two greatest treasures, being husband of Mary and foster father of her child. St. Joseph had to be endowed with supereminent grace that would take him to the apex of heroic holiness. The Joyful Mysteries admirably reveal St. Joseph's role in the Incarnation. The triumph of Jesus is also the triumph of Joseph, who rose gloriously with his son on Ascension Thursday. Now our Savior sits at the right hand of the Almighty as King and Judge, and he makes Joseph sit next to him. He entrusts his church to St. Joseph, to whose care he was confided during his earthly life. We pay homage to St. Joseph, patron and protector of the church. The Christian family is the continuation of the family of Nazareth. St. Joseph is the protector and guardian of the Christian family. Pope Pius IX issued a decree proclaiming St. Joseph to be patron of the universal church. Glorious St. Joseph has been given the power to help everyone. St. Joseph is therefore the intercessor for all graces and the patron of everyone in every condition. The Rosary, the source of holiness. God wants us to be perfect as he is perfect. A Christian is a consecrated person, which means he is set apart. This consecration extends through our entire existence like a divine network that embraces us entirely. So we are preserved from worldly contagion and always remain the property of God. When we are born, Mary welcomes us in her arms. At our baptism, she pours water on our head. We are saints. When our supreme agony draws near, she again impresses on us the seal of salvation by a last anointing with the sacrament of extreme unction. We are consecrated and ready to die. She blesses her monks, sanctifies her priests, and blesses Christian spouses, so their union will be happy and lasting. Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and the Holy Ghost is her heart. The operation of the paraclete invisibly vivifies and unifies the church. He maintains her life 
ardor, beauty, and perpetual youth. He consoles and fortifies her. Meditating on the 15 mysteries of the rosary, we meet the adorable person of Jesus Christ and plunge ourselves into his soul and divinity. The Holy Spirit is the power and the heart of every mystery of the rosary. The paraclete will, so to speak, become our own heart pulsating so strongly as to lead our souls to eternal glory. The rosary clearly unites us with Christ, the Holy Ghost, and God the Father. We are united with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Thus, in the bosom of the most adorable Trinity, the very source of life, love, and holiness, we will find perfect happiness. Lastly, the rosary and holiness. There are three degrees of holiness, ordinary, perfect, and heroic. Holiness does not consist in accomplishing extraordinary deeds, since work and suffering is the common condition of humanity. Holiness consists in knowing how to work and to suffer. If people practiced the lessons taught by the rosary, every workshop would resemble the home of Nazareth. The joy of the Holy Family would enter every family. The sorrowful mysteries will teach us how to sanctify our suffering. We look to the suffering Savior, exhausted and covered with blood, the sharp crown of thorns upon his head, the heavy weight of the cross upon his shoulders, plunged into an abyss of grief that drew from him the crown, the cry of agony. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? A soul who understands the rosary dares not complain. We may feel we don't deserve the suffering we are asked to carry. Did our Redeemer deserve his agony, his scourging, and his crucifixion? We can never realize how we hurt ourselves by rejecting the cross. Suffering has a threefold effect on the soul. It expiates, impetrates, and sanctifies. Nothing purifies a soul like suffering when it is accepted supernaturally. Impertractive power means that God cannot refuse a request from a soul that says, I offer my sufferings that thou mayest give me thy grace. This is how the rosary teaches us to see pain. Thanks to the rosary, holiness is within everyone's reach. As we practice an act of patience, let us keep in mind the ineffable patience of the Lamb of God carrying his cross to Calvary. Children of Mary, knights of her armor, honor, guard, the kingdom of God is truly among you. Our rosary is the secret of perfection. Voyages of eternity, remember, we are only wayfarers on the earth which is not our final destination. As we watch the hustle and bustle of our big cities, let us reflect on all the worldly vanity, so lively and vibrant, will one day lie in silence and death. Let us not stand on quicksand, as we are here one day and gone the next. Let us hold fast to the rosary, as to an immovable anchor set in heaven, leading all the way to God. <laughs>